Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode, I suppose, of the Not The Top 20 podcast. We've already released the Monday pod, that was our reaction to the Championship's provisional return on the 20th of June, joined by Phil Hay of The Athletic, who knows all of the details and with whom we we chatted about, well, plenty of different eventualities, potential issues and uh, the different sort of logistics behind it. So hopefully you've already listened to the Monday podcast. If you have, here is a treat. You might remember that not long before the lockdown, we pulled off, uh, well, certainly one of my favourite episodes we've ever done, which was the uh, Players Takeover, where we spoke to various players from across the EFL. Now, the obvious follow-up to that and something that I was really keen to work on was a manager's takeover to try and pull some strings, try and get in touch with some guys that we know and try and have a podcast entirely led by current EFL managers uh, with their interesting views and opinions and just generally have a natter with them. Now, of course, because of the coronavirus, that didn't really transpire, but I thought just test the waters a little bit with uh, this bonus episode uh, with Gary Rowett. Now, Gary is the Millwall manager, of course. Uh, George and I very much were enjoying working with Gary uh, on Friday nights with Sky Sports. He, We shared the sofa a fair few times before Christmas, before he took the Millwall job, but we've equally enjoyed covering his Millwall side since he took charge, and they're just two points off the playoffs uh, at the point of the pause of the championship. So uh, I gave Gary a call earlier today. I wanted to get his reaction to the potential return of the championship on June the 20th and if he had any similar issues to what came out at Charlton uh, on Monday with a few players saying they will not play being out of contract in the summer not wanting to risk uh, their welfare uh, and also just how him and his staff have been approaching things in lockdown but crucially how they will approach things differently playing behind closed doors as they would Normally, as mentioned, if you've not yet listened to our discussion on the Monday pod with Phil Hay, please do get that queued up. But in the meantime, here is Gary Rowett. Hope you enjoy this one. First question, which we don't ask every guest, but given the last time we saw each other, you and George and I were working together as colleagues at Sky Sports, and then you left us for better things without a goodbye. <laughs> um, how are you doing? How are you? How are things? I'm all good. Yeah, I'm all good. Unfortunately, I've, um, I've had to go from the... The, um, the really easy, enjoyable um, hobby to, to back to the day job. So it's, it's, uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot it's a lot more stressful, a lot busier. But no, absolutely fine. Yeah, loving, loving life um, as Millwall manager. You know, I think it's, it's one of those clubs that from the outside, you kind of have the perception that everyone talks about in terms of, you know, how tough, um, you know, a reputation the fans have got and what a difficult place it is to go and play. Um, and I've found so far, um, it's just been a fantastic experience. You know, the people at the club are brilliant. Uh, the fans have been fantastic. Um, and the players have been really good as well. So I, I've really, really, I've enjoyed it probably more than any club at the moment that I've managed just because uh, maybe maybe my sort of previous experience at Stoke didn't go as well. But, but um, yeah, no, it's great to be back and it's great to... Um, it's great to have had the sort of response we've had so far from the players. Things have gone fairly well. There haven't been too many defeats since you've been in charge. Team moved up the table, of course. And I'm interested to know, you know, from the bank of games that you've had, and I'm sure you would have reviewed plenty of it 
uh, over the last few months with football having been paused. What have been the best parts of this Millwall side since you've taken charge? You know, what have been the features, I guess, of the wins and potentially the sorts of things you'd have been looking at over the last two months or so from the games that didn't go so well, sort of things that you might try and improve going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that strikes you with the players is just a real humility um, of wanting to work, wanting to work hard and wanting to uh, take on board sort of new ideas, you know. So, I mean, it's a really a really strong group that Neil left behind that I can only be thankful for. And um, and then the way they've the way they've been receptive to, to new ideas, you know, in the first, I think in the first 10 games, we played two or three different formations. I mean, we played... Um, we played different ways at home, 4-2-3-1 four, four, and, of course, 4-4-2 four, four, with two strikers, which has uh, been synonymous with Millwall. And then uh, away from home, we, we flipped to a 5-2-3 formation for different reasons. One, to change the run of um, the, the poor run of away form uh, and, and two, to challenge the players in a different way mentally and psychologically, you know, to, to, to feel like it was new. So, And they've taken on board the ideas. They've worked so hard. They've actually shown a real, um, a real quality to their play as well. But perhaps, maybe some people wouldn't wouldn't have given the team credit for, um, you know, in terms of how good some of the individuals are. So, so I've been really, really pleased. I mean, there's, there's, there's always lots to, always lots to work on, always lots to improve. Um, you know, I think goals, scoring more goals, a little bit more creative is is something we're looking at trying to be a little bit more effective at but of course we we also don't want to lose what the team have been good at which is a a, a real sort of team togetherness and, and 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 a difficult team to play against and beat you know so so yeah no i've been been it's been a fantastic period so far and and um you know obviously we're mindful of trying to see if we can we can get back to some of that form when when the game comes back yeah absolutely just uh, i'd be interested to hear your reaction to the EFL statement on Sunday night, fairly fairly late on Sunday night, an unusual time to be getting big announcements like this, but it certainly was an important one, uh, the provisional restart date of the 20th of June for the return of the championship. Uh, this is your livelihood. You, you've had to put it on pause for two or three months. Uh, what was your reaction to the news? We've obviously heard from some clubs that they felt that it was kind of sprung upon them and others seemingly relishing the news, relishing the the, the, the potential restart. Where do you stand in there? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, think, I think a lot of people were probably surprised at the way it was announced more so than anything else. I think it was more, you know, that, that perhaps some of the clubs and the managers and the CEOs and everybody perhaps weren't aware as quickly as they might have felt but I, but in some ways I can understand the fact that you know whenever anything's been mentioned or discussed you know then there's always going to be a lot of opposition to certain things so maybe the only way it could be done is just announce it get it out there uh, and then everyone has to go along with it mm. I've, I've been if I'm being honest I've been very surprised at some comments about teams being surprised I mean the last thing I've been is surprised we always knew what, what dates could start. We always knew the Premier League were probably three or four days ahead of us in terms of their protocols. So, so you know, there was always a good chance that the 20th was going to be the quickest date and maybe the 26th, 27th would be the, the, um, the date would give a bit more time. So I think if you've planned and if you've worked uh, effectively off the pitch and if you've made the best of a time in training, even, even, in, even without the contacts, um, you know, I, I don't think there's been a massive surprise. I, I, I was always one of those who I always felt as though 
you know, if it was safe and if the government would allow it, I always felt the integrity was was around finishing the games off. I know it's not going to be the same. I know we're probably all going to, you know, after two or three games with no fans there, realise just how important that atmosphere is and that and that togetherness is to make the games feel real. But nevertheless, still a 90-minute game. And to me, that's better than taking a points per game look at the league and finishing it finishing it now, which for me would, would just leave a, um, a little sort of sour taste in the mouth, I think. So regardless of where we would as a club finish. In terms of being in charge of a, a group of athletes, essentially, and trying to get the best out of them, but also with the responsibility of looking after them, um, it's going to be a tough time for, 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 well, the physical health of players, that's for sure. And dare I say some of the staff too. Um, in terms of the announcement coming when it did, you can kind of understand from a logistics point of view why the EFL were keen to to start putting plans in place because we gather that there's a more or less a sort of hard cutoff of, of 30th of July um, for reasons of player contracts. Uh, and, and therefore, you're going to have to play nine games minimum in around, what is it, five, maybe five and a half, six weeks. You're probably looking at five weekend games and four midweek games. What are the sorts of conversations that you and your staff are having about this uh, prospect, which you can't have probably ever faced before to this extent? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that any manager will say and, and, and any club will say is, you know, it's it's um, the health of our players and, um, you know, the health of their families are, are really paramount. I think that we're in it. Firstly, we're in a very fortunate situation where we're being tested twice a week um, and the protocols are very, very stringent. So, you know, if you compare that to, um, you know, the NHS workers, when when this all sort of kicked off, you know, the, the danger they were putting themselves in, um, you know, for certainly not the same amount of money as a football player is on or the same level of testing. So I think from that point of view, it's as safe as, as we're ever going to be able to get it. Um, and then from a from a player sort of injury perspective it's just going to be you know I think you're going to have to look at the nine games as you know yes you want to win all nine games and be as competitive as you can but you know how can we sort of minimise the risk for the players so how can we rotate the team how can we rotate the the, um, the subs within the games because of course you know it looks as though maybe there's going to be nine subs and of which those nine, you can use five of them. So you'd be able to at least limit the load on the players because of the frequency of games. And I think that just comes down to, to planning that you can't take away the risk. You can't take away the fact that there probably is going to be more injuries. Um, and we just have to, you just have to try and plan and prepare um, to, 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 to sort of, sort of minimise mm. minimize that challenge, you know. And also... You know, as a manager, you also have to look forward to next season as well and say, you know, maybe there won't be a massive gap. So, therefore, you know, you, you've got to be careful how much you ask, ask ask of players. So, it is very different. It's, it's, you know, it's really difficult to work out. It's really difficult to know the ideal balance. Uh, I think you just have to try to use common sense and, and, you know, not ask too much of the players. It might be, it might be the most successful teams are the ones that get through the period with the least injuries yeah. and, and, the, and the least cases. You know, it might just be a case of that. Millwall have used the fewest players in the championship in league games this season. So it's you're going into it with, in that sense, the smallest squad in the division 
at a time where it, it seems pretty clear that having a larger squad is going to be of a benefit. So you've got pl- plenty of work to do there. I should add, though, that there are a number of players in your team that are known for uh, exceptional fitness levels. I actually spoke to a, a source, shall we say, from within the dressing room who told me that Murray Wallace is basically a robot who ran a, a 5K in about 16 minutes, 45 seconds at the start of the lockdown when uh, when everyone was running 5K. So, I mean, he's clearly part man, part robot. But um, look, uh, you mentioned their next season and the, the heightened risk of players. Some of the news that came out yesterday that many will have seen uh, was uh, from Charlton, from Lee Bowyer, um, managing in the same level as you, talking about a few players in the difficult situation of being out of contract this summer. The club uh, not able or not willing to, to renew their contracts and actually those players saying that they would rather not play uh, because of the, the risk, I suppose, to their livelihood in what is a short career, in what is a time for players where where you know their future remuneration as well is, is somewhat at risk. Uh, have, have you had any similar discussions at Millwall? Is that something that you've had to deal with? Um, you know what? I mean, first, firstly, I mean, I listened to, I listened to sort of Lee's interview um, and I have to say that even though there are, even though they're a sort of local rival, you know, I, I felt a lot of sympathy for him because, you know, it's a difficult enough scenario as it is without losing and having maybe two or three of your players not available. And, and it's difficult because I suppose... You know, you have to give those players a choice. And what you hope is, you hope those players, you know, perhaps make an unselfish choice, mm. which is to, to try and help the club and help the team. And I understand it's a difficult balance. Um, we, we, we've been pretty fortunate. I mean, we've only we've only had sort of um, two or three players that have been out of contract. Uh, I think that, you know, we've probably only got one player that's, that's actually going to be out of contract. But... but um, you know, there's still a little bit of ambiguity with, but that mm-hmm. player, credit to that, I won't name names, but that player, credit to him, wants to extend and he wants to finish the season with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, you know, again, I'm not I'm not using that as a, you know, look with Millwall and look at what our players are doing and what some of us aren't, but we just, we haven't necessarily had that issue, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that's also sort of, you know, sum, sum, sums up the attitude of a lot of our players that, you know, they're desperate to be part and, and um, you know, and, and do their bit for the last sort of period. So, so uh, yeah, we, we, we've been lucky. I've been lucky as a manager in that sense. We haven't had to deal with some of the issues other clubs have dealt with. Um, but, but I can completely sympathise that, you know, if you're in a relegation battle and you've got three of your best players who don't want to play, I mean, that's a, that's a very, very difficult situation to be in. And, and, and you hope that, um, you know, you can use that a little bit to... To, to fight against the wall to, to, to save your team. Uh, well, I mean, you've not got a relegation battle to think about, but you've got plenty still to play for. Uh, two points outside of the playoffs, two places behind Preston in that sixth spot with a, a clutch of teams uh, just above and below you who are sort of begunning for it. Uh, and quite a, a strong position schedule-wise to have, have played everyone in the top nine positions already at home and away. But of course, playing at home... Uh, for Millwall has had a benefit for results and performance compared to away from home, that home advantage at the Den. Uh, how worried are you about losing uh, what the Den gives you, I suppose, moreover, what the fans give you at the Den in terms of, of that home advantage? Yeah, of course, it's a concern when you watch the Bundesliga and, and you know, the amount of away wins and, and the lack of home advantage and, and perhaps that some of the games suit, the slower nature of the games suit perhaps more technical teams 
Um, you, you look at it and you wonder how it's going to affect your own team. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we're in very, very good shape. The players have worked incredibly hard um, to, to, to be in a position where, you know, some of them look actually in better shape than when they, than when they left for um, the season against Forest. Um, you know, but again, it's difficult to know. I think there's so much uncertainty. I don't think you can predict it. I think there's going to be awful, an awful lot of, um, you know, maybe fortune in some of the games. I think some of the games are going to be very, very level. You know, you could turn, like we, we beat Forest in our last game at Forest 3-0, you know, but I think you could play the bottom league team in the next game. And I don't think there's going to be anything between those teams because you haven't had that preparation of seven, eight, nine, ten games to, to find your form. So I think everyone's going to be wondering how it's going to affect their team. I think all you can do is get your team, get your players in a good place mentally. Um, our players believe there's, you know, something exciting to at least play for and, and uh, you know, knowing the group, they'll be doing every single thing they can to, to try and get results, you know, but like you say, it's going to be difficult. It's going to, um, it's going to be very, very unpredictable and and, um, you know, I think all we can do is look forward to the fact we're in a good position and we're fighting for something, which some teams are not going to have that, um, not going to have that benefit. We're led to believe that because of, of, well, because of the virus, it's going to be difficult for clubs to find uh, accommodation to stay in on away games. That's another thing that, that will be different for clubs, we believe, uh, when the season resumes. Well, how much of annoyance is it that it looks like you're going to be bussing up on the morning of and back down that night? You're going to have to get someone on the microphone to keep the keep the spirits high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got yeah, we've got a couple of good singers in the group, so um, I'm, I'm sure that'll be fine. A couple of quiz masters. Um, yeah, no, I think it. Look, I think I think mean, there's there's a few things to it. I think one is, um, you know, listen, I played in I played in the conference for Burton Albion at the end of my career um, for enjoyment for eighteen months and. And most of the time, you know, when you're traveling, when you're traveling from Burton to Canby Island uh, on a Saturday morning and then on the Tuesday, you've got to go back and play Grays <laughs> on a Tuesday night, you know, with, with very few fans there. I mean, it's to be very similar to what we're going to face. But I, I think the only sensible thing to do, uh, I don't really see hotels as a sensible option, probably because they're not going to be open and, and, and certainly not sanitized in the way we would um, have to have for the protocol. I think that. You know, if, if um, I would presume that kickoff times will be adjusted, for example, you know, if we're going to go and play Hull um, on a Saturday, then maybe the kickoff would be at five o'clock to give you a little bit more time to get there. And um, you'd have to sort your own pre-match out on the coach and maybe have two coaches. Again, I don't think those, I think some of those things haven't really been clarified yet. Mm. Um, and, and so therefore there's a lot of guesswork, but... But I would imagine that would probably be the easiest and safest way. And you know what? It's the same for everybody. It's yeah. not ideal. It's not going to be great preparation. But there's going to be a lot of emphasis on each individual player to prepare uh, and recover, um, you know, in the best way they can and not just the team's responsibility. So, so um, you know, we're going to see whether players are professional and we're going to see just how professional they can be because... Going to be some challenges. You mentioned that you've been watching a bit of Bundesliga action. Is there anything that that's sort of made you think about how you might approach things in terms of playing behind closed doors? Yeah, we've. Um, I mean, well, we've we've, we've sort of um, you know asked, asked our analysts to almost study the Bundesliga games and just see 
you know, when whenever changes in games, which positions get changed the most often, um, you know, how are we going to sort of, uh, what do the games look like, you know, are games faster, do the games involve less pressing from the front, you know, all sorts of things really. It's a different league, it's a different style of play um, and, I, and I don't think the championship necessarily, we're going to learn that much off the Bundesliga, but but um, you know, certainly, certainly some of the things I've liked, I've liked for uh, you know when you see the sort of cardboard fans, you know, it's felt at least as though there's someone in the stadium. It's felt like it's a bit closer to a game. You're going to be encouraging some uh, some crowd noise being pumped in that big shout of Mill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just play the same chant for 90 minutes. It's the same enthusiasm. So, but even little things like that, it'd be interesting in practice matches just to, just to have a go and see what it feels like. I think everyone's really, you know, going to try and recreate the closest they can to a game, but obviously nothing's going to get, nothing's going to be authentic. So it's going to be quite difficult, but, um, but yeah, certainly, you know, I think from this, the game so far, there's, there's, like you say, home advantage hasn't really happened. The, go, the ball's been in play a lot more. Ironically, you know, there's been a sort of slower tempo with a lot less pressing. So, so again, there's, there's, there's a number of things that you're just trying to look at to see if it can help your team prepare better and start better um, when the when the games begin. You, you're going to be practicing uh, shouting instructions without the use of swear words, Gary. We're going to be able to hear everything you say on the touchline. So you you just be careful out there. Um, That's going to be a challenge. I think mean, it's going to be a challenge for the players. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed so far. The broadcasters haven't played crowd noise. Um, you know, because just because there's something unnerving about hearing every player's comment. Mm. Isn't there? So there's certainly going to be a lot more in the fine pot um, at the end of at the end of some of the next nine games. That's for sure. Uh, and uh, I mean, you've got plenty of on your plate uh, starting this week. We think with EFL football or the championship rather returning on the 20th of June, it's going to be a busy few months. Twelve games potentially for any team that might make their way to a playoff final. Um, but looking ahead, uh, a lot of managers have, have spoken or written, given interviews about having uh, an unusual amount of time, of course, off in the last few months and maybe using that to think ahead in terms of recruitment uh, and maybe watch a few more clips uh, of players than they would normally be able to do. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested. You mentioned earlier that actually you're in a position without too many players out of contract. Uh, and of course, we're led to believe that the the well, the financial outlook of the game, but also of the nation, will, will affect things uh, going forward. So I'm interested to know what what your sort of projections are, I guess, for how you think the summer will look for you in, in terms of recruitment. Yeah, I mean we're we're the same. We've been looking at we've been looking at targets, we've been looking at players, we've been um, doing all the things that you would do when you when you sort of plan and review in that sort of off season period. That's that kind of how we used it. Um, well, I think we'll be the same. Yeah, we'll be looking at we'll be looking at whether I think the clubs in a, you know, obviously every club's been affected, um, but some clubs I'm sure are going to be affected more and maybe have to bring their budgets in line with um, with the, the likes of where we're at. You know, so so I think we're looking out there and to see where where the value in the market is, whether there's two or three players we could bring in um, that would strengthen the group for next season. But at the same time, we're not. We're not absolutely desperate to do that. So I suppose we're in quite a good place to just sit back and see what's going to happen with the market. It's going to be a strange one if the window stays open all next season, mm. um, which is the suggestion, or at least till maybe January. Um, so it's going to be a strange market to predict. But 
you know, the, the, the obvious the obvious suggestion would be that values have probably come down and there'd be less clubs looking to spend um, spend a lot of money next season in the championship. So so yeah, I think it's I think it's like anything. You're just trying to prepare for all eventualities and and when you know the exact scenario then you can then you can assess and, and, and try to make good decisions over the over the summer. It's a, it's a horrible way to end, but I have to do it. Uh, you, you've discussed all different aspects of returning to football and how it's it's going to be a, a different sport in in a certain way and, and a lot of uncertainty. But as mentioned, in, in, a, in a good position, finished, uh, finished the previous part of the campaign with a really strong win uh, on a Friday night up at Forest. Uh, you know, plenty of games at home against clubs below you, away against clubs below you, whether or not home and away makes a difference. Uh, how confident are you of being able to push in into that sixth spot into the playoff places? Well, I think the players have. I think the players have shown over. I think you know if you looked at the game since we came in, um, I think we would have finished fifth in the table. Um, you know, from from the start of when we came in. So the players have certainly showed the capability of what they can do. Uh, I think what's great is there's absolutely no pressure on us. I think we're just there. We can just try and do our best and see if we can sneak in. Um, and like I say, the players are the players are confident. The players are determined. But of course, we're in a division with lots and lots of good clubs and lots of good teams who are all capable of finishing in top six. So it's going to certainly be a really enjoyable ride. Um, you know, towards the end, hopefully, we'll you know all the players will sort of stay safe and healthy, and and um, you know we can give our fans something to cheer about because you know that's that's going to be the hardest bit I think for anyone if you can be successful. It's not having your fans there to share share it. So, um, yeah, listen, yeah, we'll give it a good go and, and uh, we'll see where we get to. But the players are certainly uh, chomping at a bit and ready to start. Well, it's great to hear. And, and thank you so much for giving up your time to chat through it. Really appreciate it. Wish you, Gary, all the best, your staff uh, and, and everyone at Millwall as well with the provisional resumption of the championship season when it does come. Thanks, Ali. Cheers, mate.